Hello, welcome to episode four of Picking Up Good Vibes, the podcast. I'm your host, Anna Langford, and today we're talking about self-compassion and self-esteem. Joining me today are, it's Mehdi Trong, Faith Sutton, and Katima Harper. And, you know, I just want to point out, um, before I let my guests introduce themselves, that ever since I started working on this podcast, this has been one of the episodes I've been really looking forward to, because we have not been in the same room for a fat minute. Eons, one might say. <laughs> Eons. <laughs> but, you know, Minhi, Katima... Faith, welcome to the podcast. Oh, also, I'm trying really hard to fight my urge to call you medium. <laughs> I'm sorry. That same, is my name. <laughs> it, it is your name, but, you know, trying real hard. <laughs> but, um, so, before we proceed, can y'all introduce yourselves? Sure, I guess I'll start. So, as y'all know, my name is Minhi, currently a <laughs> senior at Weiss College. Um, I guess I'm studying cell biology and genetics, and... Some of my hobbies include taking care of plants, playing piano. Oh, and most recently, I learned how to weave tapestries. Ooh. So that's something I'm into. <laughs> that's impressive. Oh, thank you. Thank Very you. interesting. Um, so my name is Faith, and I'm currently a senior at Duncan College. I am double majoring in Asian Studies and Linguistics. And I don't know, some hobbies. I really like learning languages. I've taken Korean, obviously. That's where we've all met. And I have taken beginning Mandarin, and I'm currently taking beginning Japanese. Fun fact, we, I think we all, like, as a group, met each other in Korea. Yeah, should yeah. we introduce ourselves in Korean, too? Are you like editing this later? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> that makes, oh, very good. <laughs> Anyways, hello. My name is Katima. I am a senior at Duncan studying English and psychology. Um, in terms of hobbies, I like watching K dramas. Um, I like playing with my kitty, Ginny. She's turning one years old on the eighth. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, I a friend recently gifted me this like Winnie the Pooh book in like Korean, oh, and so it's I like one in Latin. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> it's, like, it's like in Korean. It's like all these like cute like quotes and stuff, and so I'm mm. using it to like refresh my Korean and also <laughs> learn get some happiness and through my days. Y'all want to try? We try redemption for the Korean through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all I got is that was something for sure. Bro, Jess and I like had so much fun. Like making that podcast but I remember like the night before I think I read into I think you Eileen and Katima you mm-hmm. I.e. Faith well no Eileen and I were in a group I was yeah, with Yuli yeah. I believe yeah yeah but I ran into y'all y'all who were walking through the RMC oh. and I was like in the RMC like studying waiting for bas- basic to happen and y'all were like did you and Justin uh, record yet and I was like uh <laughs> <laughs> what did I do the podcast with oh Yuli you did, did Yuli. I did Yuli, yeah. Who, did, yeah. who was I with? I was going to say, you were not with Yuli. Cause I oh, had you were with Raquel, weren't you? Oh, yeah, okay. Who I forgot totally what it was. Yeah, Raquel and I did the uh, K-dramas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was like, what project are we talking I talk, about? I don't know what I talked about. No, you, you guys, you, I, I remember this. <laughs> you, were like, you were like school advice. Oh, yeah, you uh, did the fun advice podcast. Was, and you guys did music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember this, guys, y'all. Oh, seriously? You did advice, too. Yeah, we did advice. Because we sent in questions. Yeah, and I was like, just like, he's like, 50 questions. (laughs) Yeah, I had questions. I had questions. (laughs) Everyone was like, how do you pull someone or something? It was like, I don't remember, but it was like, 
And they were all very funny. It was they like, were very funny. Yeah. I wish I could remember. I I remember lots of advice for stuff that I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I remember we like connected them all. Yeah, like at the, at the end. end. <laughs> um, and he's like fast round. And he's lightning round. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was I very know. funny. That was fun. That was we, had, we had we had way too much fun doing that. <laughs> but um, you know, Fatima and Minhee, y'all were involved in O Week, right? Correct. Yes. Indeed. I've heard it was very tiring. Um, it was quite tired. Yeah, I think I think O Week in general is always a very tiring process. Mm-hmm. You're up for a long time. You know, you wake up early, so it's just yeah. Yeah, you constantly have to be, like, mentally, like, on and enthusiastic. Gross. Yeah, I had to reorient my schedule. Plus, I was, like, I'm also a diversity facilitator, so mm-hmm. I had a lot of trainings and workshops to give. Then I, I had also just gotten my car, and, like, I was having issues with my car that I had to deal with throughout a week. So it was quite the week. <laughs> I imagine the socializing is a lot, too. Also, yeah. like, you're actually, like, physically meeting people, a lot of people, yeah. and, like, yeah. you know, since we're over Zoom, like, you know, you can hide a lot of, like how poorly you can socialize over Zoom. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and especially, it's like, y'all are dealing with essentially, like, I mean, like COVID happened when, then, when our freshman class uh, mm-hmm. was, were, like, juniors in high school. So mm-hmm. they, mm-hmm. they, they, it's been a while since they've yeah. met yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you know, as mentioned in our intro, uh, we are talking self-esteem and self-compassion today. So, um, question from my guests. How would you guys rate your self-esteem and self-compassion? Um, honestly, I'd probably say pretty poor. It's <laughs> not a good thing, but I'm working on it, and definitely it could be better. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, like, would you consider self-esteem and self-compassion to, like, two different categories? Could they have separate ratings? What do you think? I think they're a little bit different. Yeah. I think they definitely tie into one another, mm. but I think they're mm. different. I think they're also different. So I will clarify. I think I'm poor in both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, I think my self-esteem is, if it's like a scale out of 10, maybe like a... Which one's the high end? 10 10 is like very good self, like healthy amount. Okay, 10 is healthy or 10 is like high self-esteem? 10 is the best self-esteem. Like I think in terms of... Optimal? I suppose any more than 10 is becomes unoptimal. Okay. So 10 is like the perfect amount. Okay. So I would say I'm probably at like a 6 or 7 for self-esteem. And then for self-compassion, I think I'm a little higher in terms of like I'm probably like a 7.5 or 8. Although this wasn't really always good. the case. It's not always the case. Oh. Yeah. I definitely feel like my self-esteem and self-compassion has improved lately. But I would still say for self-esteem, probably like I'd say a solid 5. And then for self-compassion... Yeah, that same, okay. like, 1 to 10 scale. And self-compassion, probably a solid 6. <laughs> no, I think my self-compassion and, like, self-esteem is, like, a negative 3. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder what the difference is. Like, what do you all think the difference is between... Oh, am I interrupting the question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the difference between self-esteem and self-compassion? Mm, I guess I see self-esteem as more as, like a state so to speak like my self-esteem is like kind of at this state whereas like my self-compassion has to do with how I like like I guess how empathetic I am with myself like Mm. given different moments so yeah I'd agree I think it's like self-esteem is more how I view myself as a person and how I view myself in the world yeah Yeah. self-image and self-compassion is more like what I do to treat myself yeah Yeah, I agree well or they definitely tie in together for sure yeah Yeah. because like I think how compassionate you are with yourself says a lot about your esteem but I do think they are separate I agree I agree so 
So that's actually the perfect transition into our definitions. Mm -hmm. So as you guys have detected, self-esteem and self-compassion are two different things. Self-esteem is more of like, it's like self-worth and like self-value. Uh, but too much self-esteem is bad for obvious reasons. It leads to just general poor behavior. And then uh, reg- and the re- there are positives having like a good high sense of self-esteem, but like the mm. amount of good that you can have from, a, from too, high, too high of self-esteem it's like irrelevant because the bads are just so bad. Yeah. Yeah. We all know those people. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. all know yeah. those people. Borderline narcissists. Yeah. 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 Egotistic. Yeah, yes. so it's really important to have an accurate self-esteem, less so than a high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, self-compassion, on the other hand, is giving yourself the compassion that you would give to a good friend. Like, so Katim was basically right on the uh, nose on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also important. It's uh, you can be more realistic with uh, self-compassion. So you basically you can get, get negative feedback. If, uh, uh, you can give ne- negative feedback to yourself without destroying your sense of self, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. with versus like self, self-esteem, like it's negative feedback is like kind of destroying. Yeah. Um, and there are actually three components of self-compassion. It, there's self-kindness, self-sense of common humanity, and mindfulness. Um, to break that down uh, briefly, self-kindness and sense of a kind of common humanity are pretty straightforward. Self-kindness, giving yourself the kindness that you would give someone else. Common sense of humanity, understanding that your experiences are not exclusively to you, if that makes sense. So like, if you get rejected by someone, for example, it's not because like you are you. Yeah. Like it's be- like if that makes sense. It's like a common experience. Like everyone faces rejection. There's nothing like especially wrong with you, um, such that you're the only one who re- experiences rejection. Yeah. Um, and just as a review, because the last episode was mindfulness. Um, mindfulness is being pre- being in the present and putting mental distance between. Uh, the actual experience and your reaction to that. So putting di- distance between the objective experience and the emotional experience of mm-hmm. X experience. I'm so tired of saying the word experience. <laughs> <laughs> so now there's this kind of, there's a theme that's been become popular in children's media and it's been called the uh, magic feather phenomenon and ties in with this thing called the cult of self-esteem in this article, but in this article in the Atlantic by Luke Epling, I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, but um, the major, the magic feather phenomenon is based on the idea that greatness comes from within. Um, so it discounts for, um, it discounts for error. So like some things are going to be straight up impossible no matter how, how hard you try. Like I can try to become like Michael Phelps, but I'm not going to because yeah. like not only training, but like kind of biology in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some people are just better at swimming, like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, I think it's, it's of course intended to boost uh, self-esteem in children, which is you know, good for encouraging kids to keep trying hard in the face of adversity, but it becomes a problem when, you know, self-esteem, self-esteem outgrows the reality. Mm-hmm. And I think the movies that this is like a, uh, prevalent in is <laughs> um, planes. <laughs> I have not seen that. So. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah. I doubt that anyone's actually <laughs> seen it. But it's basically about a crop duster becoming a racer and being successful at that. And I think just like by that premise, it's like a crop duster racing plane. Mm. <laughs> not built the same. But um, any guests? Any guests where um, the magic feather phenomenon comes from? Like the term magic feather. Hint, it is a Disney movie originally from 1941. 1941? That's ancient. It was remade into a less, it was remade into a movie with 
subpar reviews in 2019. A bird, a bird's involved. It's birds, Sesame were, birds were involved. <laughs> Sesame Street from Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> precisely. Um, is it fantastic? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I have no idea. I am drawing a blank as well. The original yeah. included racist crows. Is this the song, The Wind of the... I don't know. 1941's a long time ago. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a 2019 remake. Oh, there's a remake? Yeah, she said they remade oh, it. Chitty, 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 bang, bang? Mm-mm. What are you? Disney. Disney. I don't know. I've never seen the movie. <laughs> it's like what is nineteen forty one? I'm like I don't know what Disney made. <laughs> it was remade in twenty nineteen. Can you give me the first remade letter? Yeah, first letter. D. Um, Racist crows. Racist crows. Mm-hmm. In twenty nineteen. No, so the racist crows were omitted from the twenty nineteen remake, but oh. it, it was a plot point in the nineteen forty one. Oh my goodness, I don't know any 2019 with a D. 2019 is so long ago. I know. Five letters is. First letter is D. Dare. I was going to say death, but that is. Oh my gosh, we should have like contact with this game. Can you give me the second letter? (laughs) You? I just want to see how far this will go at this point. Dumbo? Yeah, there you go. Oh! <laughs> I didn't know there were, there were there crows. There were crows? Yeah. Yeah, there were crows. There were, there were, the crows are literally called the Jim Crows. Oh! <laughs> I think I was too young to know what I, that I was. I did not absorb that when I watched it. I, I haven't watched five, Dumbo I was, in a long time. I have just like, elephant has big ever. ears. Yeah. Yeah. I certainly yeah. have not watched the remake. I didn't make remake. No, I, I didn't either. No. But, yeah, so this uh, idea of the magic feather comes from Dumbo because it's all about, um, you know, Dumbo doesn't think he can fly until he gets, like, you know, this feather from the racist crow. And then all of a sudden he he thinks he can fly as long as he has this, quote, magic feather. But it's not because of the magic feather that he can fly. It's because of his ears, right? Take your shirt. It's been a hot day. I'm just curious. I y'all did not up. remember a feather playing a part. I don't either. I was like, I thought it was flies. always just his ears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it eventually becomes his ears because I think at some point in the movie, like he drops like the feather or something. He doesn't have the feather, but then he has to fly, so then he just flies. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Good synopsis. <laughs> Charlie Brown audio had the Charlie. <laughs> the Charlie Brown comics tell a different story. Um, have you guys read any like the comics or watched any of the movies around the holidays specifically? I've watched some movies. I watched them when I was very little. Like the Great, it's great Pumpkin, Charlie yeah. Brown. Yeah. Yeah, long, long ago. Yeah. Thanksgiving one, I've watched that one a lot. The Christmas mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so as kids, fun, this is totally unrelated, but like my, <laughs> as kids, my sister and I loved watching It's Christmas Time Again, Charlie Brown, which is so it's not like the mainstream one. It's like a sequel. <laughs> and, um... But we watched a lot of various shorts. I think when I think back to it, um, I think of the one where Linus makes a friend with like a girl who ends up having like leukemia, and it was like so dark. <laughs> That's a so really left turn. Yeah, not exactly. You sure? <laughs> Trust me, I was like young, and I was like, oh my god, she has cancer. <laughs> she keeps going like, oh, I have, I, I have just so many random bruises, I don't understand. Next thing you know, she doesn't, she doesn't show up at school, doesn't show up at school again. Linus is like, what's going on? And then it's like, oh yeah, she has leukemia, and I was like. Wow. Hello? That's a Christmas lot to again, Charlie Brown. Why this show. isn't mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's totally off topic, but we're going to be focused on, we're going to focus a little bit on a movie called um, A Boy Named Charlie Brown. And um, if you watch any of the cartoons, you will know that 
Charlie Brown just faces L after L after L with, like, no break. So quick plot synopsis of the boy named Charlie Brown. Um, so it's, it culminates... So it's Charlie Brown going his daily life, taking L after L. It culminates into where he's... Um, participates in the spelling bee where his sister and all his friends are watching him particularly a girl um, on whom he has a crush so he participates in the spelling bee and then gets to semifinals and he fails to spell a word I think it's like beagle and um, he's basically humiliated in in front of everyone that he knows to the point where he refuses to go to school let alone like get out of bed so like uh, Linus comes to Charlie Brown's house and he's like makes a comment on how Charlie Brown woke up today but the world didn't end right and so then Charlie Brown uh, finds courage to get out of bed and go into the world and he finds just like I don't know everything's the way it was before the spelling bee I mean like he tries doing like the football kick and then Lucy takes it away from him like that like that whole Mm -hmm. thing and you know Charlie falls on his back and then the movie ends like that Mm -hmm. so it's like the return to like a normal like as if like like, because no one no one cares that he messed up like that right Mm -hmm. so i know that was a lot (laughs) (laughs) but any thoughts on the difference like in the themes where it's like oh but elephant can fly just because he like a magic feather or like a playing racing dusting crop plane (laughs) can become a racer because magic or trying hard versus Mm -hmm. like you know i try i fail i'm sad but i try again I mean, I guess one thing I will say is that I do think that there is value to the growth mindset, and I think that's something a lot of teachers are trying to, like, and teach to, like, their students Mm -hmm. now. Like, the idea that, like, you might not have what they call a quote-unquote natural aptitude for something, but with Mm -hmm. effort and by trying hard, you can get to a certain destination. And so I don't think that's necessarily false, and I don't think we should go around telling people unless you are like naturally good at this, you're not going to happen. Like you're not going to get there. So don't try. Like I definitely someone who like attests to like the growth mindset though. I do think, like you said, there does have to be a certain set of realism, right? Like there are certain destinations where it's not necessarily even a matter of try hard, but like perhaps certain circumstances or certain like positions you find yourself in just kind of inhibit that from happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think like the Dumbo scenario with the magic feather is kind of unrealistic in the sense that, There'll never be, like, a situation where it will be sort of given, like, a magical feather and then they'll cause you to believe in yourself. Like, whereas I think with Charlie Brown, like, learning to believe yourself, like, comes from, like, you know, making mistakes and sort of, like, realizing that's just a part of the process of growing and learning. So I think Dumbo is kind of unrealistic in that sense. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about unrealistic, let's talk about elephant flying. That is true. That is very true. I feel like both have value in their messages, but there are, like extremes to both which are unhealthy i think everything needs to be in moderation the dumbo like narrative of getting this thing and oh you could do this all along just because you put your mind to it like suddenly you can fly like it's good to encourage just people in general kids especially like like, working hard yeah work hard and try to achieve don't let anything like get into your way but you can't be like you can do everything because not everybody can be president (laughs) like that's what you often hear is like you can be president if you put my, your mind to it. And it's like... Yeah, there are some barriers there. Like, I, I can never become president. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. barriers in place. And on top of that, there's just, like, not every single kid can become president. One of them becomes president, like, or another one does. But it's not often that you are able to do everything you put your mind to. But that doesn't stop... It shouldn't stop you from trying to achieve happiness in life. Mm-hmm. And I think we should push that narrative more that instead of it's, like, 
the specific goal. It's like you should try and achieve what makes you happy, yeah. and then you can find value in the journey on the way. Mm-hmm. And with the Charlie Brown situation, I think it's very valuable to learn that, like, hey, it's not the end of the world whenever things go wrong, mm-hmm. and keep it in perspective and be realistic. But you also can't be like, hey, you're going to mess up all the time. Yeah. And, like, things just go on. You can't do anything about it. It's like, that's kind of a demoralizing thing because you do take W sometimes. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I think particularly the point that this article is trying to make is that the kids' media today, like, it's just, like, magic feathers stuff. Like, you, you can, you can try as hard as you want and you, it will work. Like, I think it's... I think there is something to be said about being praised for hard work instead of being like, oh, wow, you're so naturally gifted. Like, yes. I think yes. he was touching on this. But I think, especially kids' media, like, we don't see a lot of things where it's like, you know, the main, the protagonist takes L's. Like, that is true. Yeah. Like, it's mm-hmm. always like mm-hmm. the protagonist is like taking a win or he takes an L so that he can take a bigger win later. Yeah. Like, I think, I don't remember the specific dates and stuff, but, you know, uh, the creator of Charlie Brown, whose name I can't remember, um, like, he didn't let Charlie Brown win just, like, a baseball game for, like, years mm-hmm. in his comics. So it's just, like, I don't know. It's nice to see, like, me- kids, what was originally kind of kids' media to focus on the more resilient aspect mm-hmm. because, yeah. I mean, let's face it, 2020 was one fat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, uh, and just, like, you know, you can watch as, as much media as you want about like, trying super hard, but that's not mm-hmm. going to face, like, the fact that we're, like, in the fat L and there's actually almost, there's almost nothing we can do about yeah. the L that we're mm-hmm. in right now. I also think another downside of, like, the sort of magic feather mentality is that it can cause a lot of people to sort of internalize failure. If, like, the mentality and ideas that, like, oh, you just have to put your mind to it and that will lead to success, then anytime they fail like they would people would blame it on themselves and i think that really fails to recognize how you know the reality of the world is a lot of the times failures aren't necessarily on you mm-hmm. it's from like external factors or honestly like a lot of like prejudice and other you know systematic factors that sort of can prevent people mm-hmm. from sort of succeeding i think it, i don't know the magic feather idea sort of reminds me of when people say like just pull yourself up from like the bootstraps mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the sense that like yeah, it just feels to, like, really recognize that, yes, of course, like, confidence in yourself and, like, you know, obviously, like, trying is important, but that's not 100% the way to, like, get to your goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we should emphasize, though, again, that, like, you should try because I feel like we're almost saying not to have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I know, like, my best friend, like, she was, like, not good at science, but, like, she's almost done with her bio major now and, like, she's doing a lot better and she's very much someone very much like exemplifies that growth mindset idea that like if you keep pushing and working in this area you can get somewhere and so I wouldn't be too quick to say that like oh it's like not enough to like not try hard like I do think that like a certain amount of effort can get you a long way but I think also like Minhee said and like this is what I was going to touch on like systemic factors matter a lot and like another thing with children's media is that they are often white and like they're often male and so it's a very hard to like <laughs> often straight often straight like yeah like <laughs> They don't exemplify, like, non, like, they don't exemplify certain experiences, so. Mm -hmm. I think the the main line that we're drawing here, I think, is the difference between media that caters to boosting self-compassion versus media that caters to boosting, like, uh, what's it, self... uh, Esteem. Self-esteem, self self Mm -hmm. Because, like, I mean, definitely the magic feather is, like, catering to our... 
self-esteem. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, we can do it. Self-esteem. Just have right? to believe in yourself. Versus, like, you know, Charlie Brown, I think that, that's a pretty good example of, like, self-compassion. Like, you know, it's, you know, things are going to suck. But you know what? Sometimes it sucks for everyone, and it's okay because we all get through it at some point eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I think that says a lot that, like, despite always failing, Charlie, like, still puts in his, like, best effort. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that, like... I would love to have, like, that type of mentality. I mean, yeah. Lucy always takes away the football, but he the way that he the movie ends is him failing to kick the football. <laughs> like, that's how it ends. He, he falls on his back. He does, like, the classic scream. <laughs> Lucy does her, like, like, ha, I knew you would fail for it face, fall for it face, and then credits roll. Like, that's how, that's how the movie ends. Yeah. It was a movie yeah. about him taking L's, and then he takes an L at the end. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think shifting gears a little bit, um, I asked y'all to prepare an activity, which seems, I talking to you guys before. Um. <laughs> activity. So um, I know the answer to this now. I'm pretty sure y'all, sure y'all we will have to do this talk, uh, how you treat a friend talk. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, for our listeners, they had the option to like do this, um, to write a letter to themselves or to reflect on how they would treat a friend and reflect how they treat themselves. So, um, you know, they it's, it's, it was a while since I sent out the materials. It was Indeed. forgotten. Um, Indeed. So, it's all bad. And yes. you know what? Okay, to be fair, you never clarified exactly what you wanted us to do. You kind of just sent us the document and said, here, we will come back at a later time. And so I took that fair as enough. literally we were coming back at a later fair time. Fair enough. Um, but I mean, when I was making this this uh, script, I, I clearly anticipated this time. Oh. So I've done the activity wow. in therapy before. I guess we can answer it in like question format. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the instructions were to think about a time when your friend is like when arbitrary friend X is struggling in some way, and then you um, were supposed to record and like record as like write down um, how you would react or talk to them, and then you would do the same thing for yourself. So. Um, well, I have done this before uh, mm-hmm. because, as I said, I do think I have very poor self-esteem and self-compassion, which is not good, and I'm trying to work on it, and that is what therapy is for. Normal therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah. And so I definitely, like, I have done this activity before, and I treat my friends very differently than I treat myself, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of illogical ways that I jump to blame myself for things, whereas I reassure my friends like hey this isn't that big of a deal like you can be upset about it like it's a big deal to you but like in the long term like don't beat yourself up over this like things will end up okay or this factor happened and this thing happened and like it's not your fault that all of these outside circumstances made it where you can't do something and then whenever I looked at my other like response to myself my therapist was like do you see the issue (laughs) Because for me, it's like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not naturally, like, gifted enough. Or I didn't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. Or I could have put even more effort in. Or I could have not slept that day and <laughs> done more. And, like, to a more ridiculous extent. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people are more moderate than I am with that, which mm-hmm. is good. You should try and be better. <laughs> this is definitely not a how-to-treat-yourself guide. But, like, it's definitely something that's a big, stark difference and mm-hmm. is something I need to work on personally. I was having talked to you um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at lunch. Um, I, I mean, you just remind me that you have like a very great capacity for just like compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wish I was more like that. 
No, okay, not kind of. I do. At the back, I do wish I was more like that. Which is good, but there's a certain line I need to also draw for myself, yeah. and I don't have that line. Mm-hmm. And so I take a lot of hits for myself and don't treat myself well in exchange for making sure I'm treating other people as best as I possibly can. Which I do admire people that can balance both of mm-hmm. them, because I definitely lean completely into other people than I do to myself, which is might seem good like on the outside but there are a lot of bad things like that come from that like how well can you treat other people when you don't have the capacity to even do anything for yourself and take care of yourself Mm -hmm. so I think like this like touches on like what you said and something I experienced and we talk about this in psychology too it's like two different type of heuristics I can't remember what exactly they're called but like I think when it comes to other people where a lot we're a lot better at recognizing like this is like a momentary failure like this is an incident that happened that does not define your character whereas like with ourselves it's a lot easier to internalize and like no this is a me issue like this is an issue that I have Mm -hmm. and so I think one of the reasons why it's so easy for me to respond to friends because I can recognize this is a test that you failed in this moment that doesn't define you whereas for me it's a lot hard to do that it's a lot easier to go into that opposite mindset of oh this is a test that you failed because you yourself are a failure and that's definitely something that I'm trying to undo in reverse and it's a slow progress but like I think recognizing it is definitely the first step to recognizing that like okay this is not a healthy way of thinking and something that I need to redirect Mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah I think the question has some relation to sort of mindfulness where when you're sort of consoling a friend you aren't in the emotional state they are in so Mm -hmm. you can sort of look at the situation objectively Mm -hmm. when you're feeling down you have like this torrent of emotions and obviously like those emotions of feeling down are going to interfere with like how you view the situation so I think you know sort of like when like I'm feeling down personally it's sort of hard to be able to separate like you know what's the reality of the situation versus like what I'm feeling right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean I mean for me I'm very hard on myself mm-hmm. and like I don't know so I think there have been like benefits for me being hard on myself I've been like I feel like I'm pretty like self-disciplined mm-hmm. and I I mean like I, I took a my listeners will not be surprised at all by this but um <laughs> uh we I have sometimes my guests do the values and action survey which mm-hmm. I'm not sure I know team yeah, positive so I did I, take it by chance, what were your top three results? Um, I know my first one was perspective. I think my second or third one was, uh, I can't exactly remember. We talked about like top five. I know like kindness, perspective were in my top five. Um, wisdom was like in my top five mm-hmm. and two other ones that I can't remember right now. Mm-hmm. I see that. Very wise. <laughs> yes, I see that. But um uh, I think my, my my top results it was like honesty, mm. prudence, and self regulation, which mm. I don't yeah. think is particularly surprising. <laughs> but um, I don't know where I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, I mean, like it's good to have all of these qualities in like a certain like level, but yeah. then if you're too like what you were saying was that you are very self-disciplined because you've been so hard on yourself. And there are good things that can come from things that aren't necessarily healthy. Like, I have the same experience, and it makes it harder to break these habits because you get positive reinforcement for them. Like (laughs) You kind of do. The world's a little bit broken. Exactly. Like, I've gotten positive reinforcement through, like, high school and the beginning of college, and I'm just now getting better at, like, 
not taking care of myself, like not sleeping, not eating, mm-hmm. and instead mm-hmm. doing everything to do the best I possibly can. If that means not taking class. care of myself. Yeah. Exactly. But then I'm getting good grades. Yeah. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, this is working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But realistically, like, yeah. it's not worth it. And it's also not the only way to get good grades. And it's yeah. also good grades are not as important as like your health and your yeah. mental health. Yeah. And you really need to like, it's hard to distinguish that and Generally, you do need an outside party that's not involved to point it out and be like, hey, yeah, you're getting some good things out of this, but, like, it's this not is not okay. Yeah. I think, okay, I think I know where I was going with this now. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I think for me, I don't really have, um, I really, when it comes to me, like, it's, like, the issues with when dealing with the more emotional side of things. Mm-hmm. For example, like, a breakup. The most recent breakup, I joke about, like, oh, like, <laughs> I should have been the one to break up with <laughs> him. But, um, uh-huh. I mean, like, that's also, like, not... Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, maybe a self-deprecating humor as like I want, but like, come on, like, yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not a healthy way to like handle things. And just like the self-compassion, like I gave myself in that situation was like non-existent. Like I was like, you know, you can be sad for for thirty minutes, but then we have to work out. Mm-hmm. And that's literally what I did. And then I watched a movie with friends afterwards. Like it was like, you know, kind of connecting to this psychological immune system, but like. There's no, I didn't really give myself time to like, you know, be sad. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I lied to this guy and then he was like, let's date. Then he was like, let's not date. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, I need to be a little bit more self compassionate when it comes to more of the emotional side of my life. Because I think when it comes to kind of like balance of like work and not work or whatever, I'm good at that because that's how I distract myself from dealing with the emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think to return to, like, something earlier we said, too, I think identity and, like, position in life and stuff also matters a lot to this conversation. Because, like, I know me as, like, a first-gen low-income student and also a black woman, in a lot of ways I've been taught since very young, like, the world isn't going to be kind to you. And so in a way you kind of can't be kind to yourself in the sense that, like, you always have to be on top of it and you always have to be working hard. And I think when you grow up in those environments, it's a lot harder for you to have those moments of failures. Like, I definitely think... Like, when I talk to other FGLI students, for example, when I talk to other Black students, the way that we perceive failure is a lot greater for us than, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to say, but also, like, when I talk to white peers who come from, like, a certain Mm -hmm. level of privilege, like, I just feel like because they haven't grown up in those circumstances where it's just, like, failure feels like something so much more, and it does, in a lot of ways, mean something so much more to you than it does to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure that's... I'm sure that's true. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. <laughs> yeah, I think similar to me, I think cultural context also plays mm-hmm, a lot. Sure. I think growing up, um, based on like, you know, how my parents raised me and sort of like what they expected me, I sort of like placed a lot of value on my self-image linked to like if they were disappointed or not. Yes. And that disappointment was sort of linked to my, my grades. Yeah. So in a sense, like, you know, growing up very much like whether I got a bad grade or a good grade sort of determined like, how I thought of myself. Mm-hmm. It took a while to sort of like break out of that mentality and realize, you know, like Faith said, you know, grades aren't everything and like failure is just a part of like the human experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely hard. And I think even just like uh, coming to Rice, there's just like such already kind of like, okay, like there's a culture. Let's, let's rephrase this. The cult yeah. of business. We have to talk <laughs> about this during a week. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 
She's like, yeah. Yeah. That cult of, like, business or that, like, I don't know, especially when you're already at a group where, like, everyone is so high achieving. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a lot of us are afraid to, like, show the non-achievement side, so to speak, to other people. And I think there is this, like, pressure at Rice almost to always put on this air that, like, everything is going fine and, like, I'm doing great and everything and everything's going perfectly. And I cannot tell you how many times, like, I've talked to someone who has, like, presented that image of everything is going fine, but then I actually talk to them and it's like, oh, no, everything is not fine. And in fact, A, B, C, D, E, just like this long list of like everything is wrong. And so and we're like, it's like the house on fire. Yeah, no, exactly. So we definitely need to normalize like being open and vulnerable with our failures and realizing that like it doesn't mean that we don't belong here, that we, again, like we're not failures just because we messed up on something that yeah. you do not relate. Yeah, because yeah, I think for like every success you see, like someone says like, oh, I got X internship. They never post like, oh, I got rejected from X places. You just see, like, the success. Exactly. So I definitely agree that, like, you know, you have to be, like, vulnerable with, like, your experiences, and that sort of, like, help combat, like, low self-esteem or low self-compassion. I I feel like I'm taking us off topic a little bit, but I'm glad that you mentioned, like, posting as well. I definitely think social media, and I feel like we say this, but, like, people don't realize how much social media (laughs) is playing into our self-esteem and self-compassion for those exact reasons, right? No one posts about their failures on Instagram or Twitter or or anything. Like, we've so much normalized it to be a space of, like, everything that is going Mm -hmm. well, and we can only show things that are going well, and, like, we don't show any of the behind the scenes things that happen and so it's so easy one to like not only like see other people as like having this great life but to also like kind of trick ourselves into trying to like build that image and like not dealing with the Mm -hmm. things going on behind the scenes and I think also like not just in like our academic work lives which is like personal lives like oh god I'm dating some dude example it's everything is great I was literally thinking there's so many people I've seen (laughs) who like post themselves and like their relationship and everything seems to be going perfect and then I find out that they yeah it's (laughs) all gone like they've broken up and you found out like oh this was like the most toxic relationship I've ever been in I'm just like oh my gosh but how like you were just posting him giving you flowers and like all these great trips Mm -hmm. and stuff you guys are going on like yeah oh yeah no I've heard stories of like very very bad things like very very bad things like I think I've told Faith about this I do know some yeah yeah and it's just like you know from the outside Mm -hmm. social social media outside equation from the outside just like oh my god (laughs) oh my god (laughs) You look and you're like, oh, they look so happy together. And then you find out and talk to them and they're like, oh, no, actually, this is what's going on. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And you're like, oh, uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, like, easy to trick yourself into needing that lifestyle because mm-hmm. you think everybody else has it whenever mm-hmm. that's all you ever see. Yeah. Yep. And similar to, like, like being on a very, very good campus, like all of us are very high academic achievers. If you get into Rice, you're a high academic achiever. Like mm-hmm. you've done well. Yeah. And like definitely, I know that Questbridge talks about this a lot, which Katima yeah. and I are both in. Like coming from a smaller school and like less opportunities in like your school or your income, mm-hmm. like you feel very out of place. Like imposter syndrome is something they talk about mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think I feel that. And then I'm like, I'm not doing as well as every single other person in this school. And then I found out, oh, that's what that is. (laughs) So, like, it's very easy to look at what people project, like, on social media or in person because so many people just come off as being – and a lot of times, if you just talk to them, 
you'll find out that they're having just as many issues as you. But a lot of times you don't need to talk to them. You just see them and you have this image in your head that they're doing perfect and that they're doing well. And so you see all these people and you're like, they are successful. They're doing well in this class. They seem smart. They seem confident. And so then... Not too confident because then those people are annoying. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not arrogant, but confident. <laughs> like good self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. I think 100% like talking with your peers can help. Like, you know, I remember freshman year, I, like, experienced my first failure of, like, I got, like, a 40 on my gen chem exam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. right? But then after, like, talking to, like, a bunch of people, I'm like, oh, they also got 40s. Well, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of, like, you switch from the mentality that, like, I'm behind to sort of, like, oh, we're, like, a collective struggle. Like, we're all on the struggle bus yeah. together. Yeah. It's, like, a nice feeling. I think it's, oh, I had a thought, and it's not, not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think also, like, even if you are behind, again, just recognizing that, like, you can get not behind and, like, it is okay. Like, I do think sometimes there is this pressure to say, like, oh, like, I'm, like, you know, sometimes you genuinely do find yourself in positions where you are perhaps behind or, like, not performing your best for whatever variety of, like, reasons that might be. And, like, I think normalizing that, like, it's okay, like, not to be at your best all the time is also equally important and valuable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I'm, my thought came back. <laughs> On the, back on the topic of social media, this is not like super relevant, but like you know, I Loki hate it when people are like, uh, "Your social media is like not well constructed." And I'm like, "Hello, <laughs> yeah." Oh, wow. Like I hate those people. It's like it's, it's like those are the people who, you know, they're people who have told that to me are the very t- kinds of people who are like very conscious of their social media posting, not mm-hmm. in the sense of oh, is this mm-hmm. going to be like socially accessible in ten years? Conscious more of like oh, like does this present my best self, my yeah. unrealistic best self yeah. kind of mm-hmm. thing? It's just like you know. I kind of want the, I want the shit posting back. Like exactly. those are those are fun to look at. Like <laughs> for anyone who has my Snapchat, that's just not, that's the place where I just like go to rant. <laughs> Sometimes I click on it and I see all your stories. I'm like, What's Anna up to today? <laughs> if you want to know what I'm thinking, it's just a Snapchat story. <laughs> Definitely appreciate the people who let me into like their finstas oh, and like their yeah. spam accounts yeah. and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Because, I mean, it's, just, it's, just a little more, it's more genuine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people yeah. are more willing to complain yeah. about, like, oh, brother's just annoying-ass kid in my class. Or, like, <laughs> oh, I just got rejected from, yeah. we all know. Um, or, yeah. it's like, oh, I just got rejected from, like, ex-internship that they wouldn't put on their, their main account, yeah. for example. Sorry, just, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> this is endorsed by me. <laughs> okay. Uh, shifting gears again a little bit. Um, you know... We had talked about self-compassion in the classroom context a little bit earlier mm-hmm. and kind of focusing more into that. You know, 2020 has been a ride. Um, <laughs> so I think one of the things that we sh- would be interesting is, like, how we experience self-compassion or and perhaps, like, anxiety in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So I gave you all a link of uh, to another document containing... Um, like classroom apprehension and instructional practices. And, you know, we could just talk about, talk about our feelings for some of these. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I have definitely had issues. I mean, like, I, I have anxiety. And so to add to that, Zoom has not helped. <laughs> Zoom is the worst. Yeah, Zoom is pretty bad. I feel like I had finally figured out 
how to adjust better in a classroom setting. Like, mm-hmm. I got to college, and I was having panic attacks, but then I was like, I kind of am starting to feel like I can present in front of people. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is kind of nice to talk <laughs> to people. And, like, starting to realize, like, whenever I came to campus, I was worried about, like, making friends, and I wasn't going to have anything in common. Right. And then I met so many, like, you guys. I've met so many great friends that, like, genuinely are good people and that I care about and that I know care about me. And, like, that has helped me so much, like in the classroom setting and feeling confident in myself like enough to present and feeling like my anxiety a little lower like to just know that there are people out there that aren't like critiquing everything that I'm doing or like wow she talks like that damn (laughs) or something like that and did you hear her St. Louis accent exactly (laughs) you hear that STL slang (laughs) but going on Zoom was such a transition for everybody (laughs) And I, Poor found, Kim <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I really found myself like I didn't realize it would be more anxiety inducing for me to go from being in person where I felt finally starting to get comfortable mm-hmm. to being online, like having myself like in the camera all the time. Mm-hmm. If you like sorry, you aren't done. No, talking. you're good. <laughs> if you don't mind, so continue my Yes. Sorry, Noises. <laughs> Faith and I were in a class last night. For the record, Katima and I were also in a class last night. It was not just me messing, the, messing up these people's saves. We have yeah. a class together. We did have a class together. But I also was like, oh my god, you're in Ling? And Katima was like, I thought this was psych. And I was like, no, you're right. It's psych. I just yeah. don't know what's going on. I recently sent an email to my, to my psych professor and I was like, hey, are we going back in person? Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that you talked about wanting to maybe stand on Zoom for a little while, but you know, blah, 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 blah. But I <laughs> labeled the subject as Psych uh, 333, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> message, I'm like, link 333. And I realized uh-huh. that later. I was like, the yes. best. <laughs> Sorry, back on topic. I had, I had, there's a point to this. But um, Faith and I were on a social link class. Yes. And link 415, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And it was just me, the professor, um, Faith, and some other person. Yeah. <laughs> like, so how did you feel about that? Because that was such a small class, but because it was like, but it was also very intimate, and that's, the query is also was pretty approachable. He was oh, very yeah. open about like his just like life in general. Like I remember one class, he was like, "I'm gonna go drink with my husband now. Goodbye." Have a good yeah, exactly. And I I actually really enjoyed that class. I definitely felt more comfortable like being on Zoom than I would in a different setting. And I think part of that that helped is definitely knowing you going in. <laughs> that was like two thirds of the class I knew. Back, one back. was me. One was you. <laughs> I was like, I went in and I was like, I have a very good friend in this class and me. So, like, I know most of the class. And then, yeah, I think Professor McClear was absolutely fantastic. Like, he was really relatable and sociable, like, easy to talk to, down to earth, and very understanding. And so I didn't feel a lot of stress in that class, even whenever, like, if I answered something wrong, like, normally that really stresses me out in person or online, like, anxiety through the roof. But... That was really, like, actually a very good setting. I don't know if I would enjoy that setting if I didn't know, like, Someone? you in the class and the professor wasn't, like, nearly as phenomenal as ours was for that class. There is one of the, I think it's instructional cl- uh, practices. I'm trying to find it real fast. Um, oh God, I cannot find it, and I don't want to waste too much time uh, trying to find it. But it's, it says something about, like, oh, I feel, like, more comfortable participating when, like, 
the professor is asking a question, not expecting us to guess like what his opinion is. And yes. I think McCleary, like he would do that sometimes, but he was very clear about like mm-hmm. when he was doing that. And he was like, "Sorry, guys, I'm playing. Like, guess what Bryce is thinking." Exactly. And he was like, like he was very straightforward about that night. Okay. Anecdote time. I was in a classics uh, class in the fall, and I loved the classics. Like mm-hmm. I, I can read Latin almost fluently. At some point, I was there with ancient Greek too, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed reading the Odyssey. I enjoyed like making fun of like Odysseus. It's fun, mm-hmm. okay. and um, so I'm like really, I'm pretty well versed in this like area of knowledge. But this professor, uh, I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna say their name, but this professor was. Um, <laughs> Because I was thinking about double majoring in the classics. I was almost, I'm almost there. Yeah. But, you know, this this is this is the one class that was like the barrier. And he, this professor would ask a question, for example. So y'all are familiar with the Iliad, right? Yes. Yeah. The question was, for example, one of many was, what is the Iliad about? Mm-hmm. Do you have any guesses what the answer was? It's been a long time. I am familiar with the Iliad, but I have not. Yeah. So, it was it's the Trojan War, the story of Odysseus. And then Achilles, and what is it, Agamemnon? So all those answers were wrong in this professor's oh. eyes. It was, quote, there's, there, so the, the line, the poem opens with like, oh, like sing goddess, blah, 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 about the rage of Achilles. Mm-hmm. So that's the answer that he was looking the for. The rage of Achilles? Yeah, like that's the answer. When at the same time, it's like, there, it's, yeah, it's the rage of Achilles, but it's also Achilles was like out like the equation for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Or like he, he, would, he would just play a lot of guess what I'm thinking. For a text that's like, there are right answers, but a lot of it can be subjective also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, or he'll be like, oh, like, what's, okay, this one kills me. And for anyone who's in my Latin Greek class in high school, it's kill you too. Um, (laughs) Sorry, I'm just ranting about the professor at this point. But um, he's not going to listen to this, who cares? Uh, (laughs) He was like, so there's the son of Achilles. His name is Neoptolemus in the Greek, but in the Latin, it's Pyrrhus. Mm -hmm. And I remember this distinctly because he's featured in the Aeneid, which is basically the Latin version of the um, uh, Trojan Mm -hmm. War. Right? And uh, he... So the professor's like, oh, what's the name of Achilles' son? And I was like, it's Neoptolemus, because it's hashtag Neoptolemus flashing with bronze light when he's about to kill uh, Priam. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. But so he, I'm saying, so I'm just keep on saying Paris. And he's like, no, 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 it's Neoptolemus. And I'm like, it's the same dude. It's like saying, like, that's like the equivalent of saying, like, Odysseus and Ulysses are, are two different people. It's the same name. It's just coming yeah. from the different languages. Oh, God, that just makes me so frustrated. Yeah. <sighs> but there's you know, a certain like, English professor at Rice who I will not name, but oh. whose class I absolutely refuse to take because he's very much the kind of person who's like, the only answer he oh. is looking for oh. is his, his answer. answer. Yeah. Oh. And I think that just, especially in like kind of more humanity these based classes mm-hmm. it's that creates so much anxiety it like, does literally everything that we're talking about the humanities and one of the reasons why some of us love the humanities even though it can be anxiety provoking for others is that it is a subjective experience yeah. and that you're allowed to bring your own insight and stuff to it so having someone who like does not want to include that in their classroom yeah. I mean, is very much my way is the highway yeah. type of thinking yeah. like no, no, no. I refuse. I actually refuse. It takes all of the joy out of learning it stuff does. from humanities. Yeah. I mean, that's the point of going is, like, you're learning about things that are often subjective and, like, that you can apply in a ton of different ways. And mm-hmm. it's, like, especially in, like, I don't do literature as part of my major, really. But, like... Literature, yeah. 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 I mean, to be an English major, especially. And, like, granted, there's some things that are, like, just way off the mark. Like, there yeah, are yeah, some sure, things you can sure. say that are just completely wrong. But also, like... When it, especially when it comes to those, like you said, like tomato-tomato type things, like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there's also the beauty of coming into reading something and, like, 
having your personal experience that makes you interpret it different, that makes, yeah. like, yeah. literature so interesting and, like, beautiful and vibrant and, like, the whole community of, like, the English mm-hmm. department and stuff like that and just take that all away and be like, no, there is a right answer. Like, yeah. And I think there's... Some people find comfort in the fact that, that in STEM there's a right answer. Like one plus one yeah. is going to equal two. Like, like there is no margin for mm-hmm. error and mm-hmm. math mm-hmm. to that degree. In the same mm-hmm. way, it's like, oh, like what was Odysseus? Why did Odysseus do this? For example, yeah. Yeah. where there is more, there's a wrong way. There's definitely wrong ways to answer. Yeah, more yeah, like, right, yeah. nuanced. Yeah, but I think some people, I think particularly a particular organic chemistry professor, mm-hmm. when it's like throwing your failures back in your faces. Ooh. Yeah. I think that you need also, to reevaluate your class. <laughs> it's just like, you know, I think what he says is definitely a blow to okay, I, I never took his class, but like I was dating mm-hmm. someone who was taking his class at the time. And it was like, you know, what he says could definitely be a blow to your, your self esteem, mm-hmm. but it's also like like, you know, it's also a blow to yourself compassion. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, way, the way he phrases the class is like, this is a weed out class. Like, people are going to fail. Like, people are going to drop. Like, not everyone is meant for this class. Like, that's what he told us on like, day one. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know, like, what's wrong with, like, spreading knowledge. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Like, I think... Yeah, he didn't seem to enjoy There's teaching. definitely some professors who seem to, like, really revel in the idea that they have a hard class that yeah. a lot, not a lot of students are going to pass. And it's like, in my mind... That reflects on you. That yeah. does not reflect on the students who aren't passing your class. So yeah. I'm not quite sure, like, why they... Oh, like, I have such a hard class. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, like, yeah. And it's just, like, not only that, but it's just, like, okay, I think one of the purposes of higher education is that we are... Okay, we are very fortunate to be able to pursue higher education. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, there are already so many barriers to pursuing higher education. Mm-hmm. So, like, having such a good arbitrary thing, like, oh, this is a weed-out class where it's, like, yeah. you know, what if yeah. I just, like, enjoyed chemistry? Like, yeah. what? Like, I don't... I don't, I'm not going to pursue chemistry in my major. For example, I'm like a, say I were like, I don't know, like a Mechie. Like, I don't think they had to take Mm -hmm. organic chemistry. Yeah, I would say probably not. I would say, I don't don't think so. Mechies are listening. I'm sorry if I got it wrong. I'm sorry if I I got that wrong. But like, I do not think that they, because I mean, why would a Mechie have to take OCHEM? I wouldn't know. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to go with my gut here and say Mechies do not take OCHEM. But it's like, say, but I, but I want to take OCHEM because, say, I enjoy chemistry. Yeah. Um, I think they have to, might have to take Jung Chem. Yeah, they do have to take yeah. Jung Chem. But say I take, I, if you say, like, oh, I enjoy chemistry, I enjoy chemistry in high school, I took, went to college, it was harder, but I still enjoyed it, and I want to try OCHEM. I know it's a lot of memorization, but I, for some reason, enjoy that. But then <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, so the professor treats this as, like, a gateway to, like, more knowledge. It's like, why? Yeah. 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 Like, why be, like, a barrier to, like, sort of exploring your passion? Why not, like, help students, like, actually learn? Yeah, like, I understand it med school like is not... like professors live a sad life. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> like, I understand, like, no, med school is going to be hard. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, I don't know why we have to create so many barriers to, like... I think it's a sign that. of a bad teacher, honestly. Yes. Like, if you can yeah. be a very smart individual in your field, but teaching is very different than just being an expert. Oh, yeah. And if you are not, like, tr- if your te- if your students are not able to like do well in your course reasonably without like sacrificing everything else and Mm -hmm. not having any other classes they're focusing on and like they hate the course and they don't enjoy it and they can't approach you for help because you're like this is how it is in the real world like or it's like you're not a good teacher and at that point it's not even like tough love it's just like oh you're having you're you're having issues tough 
Yeah. And you're like, but I'm at office hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm here for help. I'm trying to learn. These are courses where, like, it's a course where a professor expects you to be an expert on the topic that you're supposed to be learning. Like, exactly. You're the expert. Why, don't, why would I know this? Or it's like, I think you, I experienced this in the dance too, where people will flex that. So basically, mm-hmm. student taught people will like flex that they know the entire dance that they're teaching. And I'm like, uh, why do you need to flex? You're like, yeah, yeah you're the sense. teacher. I'm like, okay, like what? I'm like, or it'll be, it'll be something super simple, like, oh, you like squat on eight, and that's how we end this eight count. And but like they didn't teach that until the music music's going, and then they keep going. And I'm like, we didn't, you didn't teach this. <laughs> it's going yeah. yeah. Sorry, back back to the topic. I was gonna say, as long as I love this discussion, I'm yeah. still on topic. Yeah, back to the topic. Has like Zoom or anything thing like instructional process help you like improve like, your self esteem instead of like focusing on negative? Let's try to focus on positive. Because <laughs> I think the way. <laughs> silence is telling. Um, I guess that's a no. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I will say one thing I feel like we didn't talk about when it comes to self-esteem is like how many layers go into self-esteem and like mm. the things that kind of compose your self-esteem. Like one of the areas that I have like really low self-esteem with is just like my physical appearance and my looks. Like I'm very like insecure. But you're like, such a beautiful person. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But I'm like very insecure yeah. about it. So like Zoom, like definitely like my phys- like my anxiety surrounding my physical appearance like skyrocketed. Like I actually happen to just like love discussions in general. It's like part of why I'm an English major because I just like mm-hmm. talking. Um, <laughs> why I'm like trying to going to be a therapist. Like I just like talking with people. It's so, like discussion wise, it wasn't difficult, but like appearance wise, especially yeah. like you said, like having to stare at yourself all the time. Ugh, not good for my self esteem. Right? Yeah. the fact that like you know how there's like the you could have everyone like on this like a lot of people on the screen at one time but like it's your photo is always going to be on that screen, yeah yeah even though you know that not everyone's seeing you. but it's so hard not to feel that way yeah. and like i have to keep consistently reminding myself like okay even though it might look like everyone can see me they really can't like there's not as many and i think that's one of the differences between like zoom and like in person because like when you're in person like you don't see everyone in the classroom you just see everyone who's in like front of you in your periphery and stuff mm-hmm. whereas with zoom like you can literally like see everybody. everyone and yeah. it's not just everyone like you see their face you're yeah in the sure it's like exactly. oh this is a nice back of the head like, exactly yeah. <laughs> like if you're in person like you would notice if somebody like turns completely around yeah. staring <laughs> you through the class like you would notice that and be like what a weirdo and also it's like what poorly addressed human being yeah. <laughs> right? but like in zoom in my head i'm like obviously people are not doing this but in my head i'm like they're going to my photo and staring at exactly. me and like exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. They're ripping me apart in their head yes. and I'm so so even when you're not even speaking yeah. I'm just sitting there <laughs> and I'm still convinced like oh there's someone who's looking at me right now I gotta right? make sure I don't look ridiculous <laughs> exactly like in person I'm not as concerned about it even though you'd think you'd be more concerned about your appearance in person mm-hmm. and a lot of people have said like oh I'm more concerned about my appearance in person I'm like okay sure you can wear pajama bottoms to your zoom class but like Face-wise, I'm so much more self-conscious yeah. because I'm like, everybody's staring at me. They're not. And you're staring at you. But like, I you're in yeah. person, yeah, there's you no, like, you're not surrounded by mirrors yeah. and, like, looking at exactly. yourself all the time. And, and it brings, back to, to, uh, brings us back to, like, the self-talk thing where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like, even just like, in regards to, like, physical um, mm-hmm. appearance, I think, like, as a woman, I can definitely identify just, like, the, just the negative self-talk that's more kind of, like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. talked about with yeah. women. Um, that's so important to this discussion. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, like, seeing your face, like, on the Zoom, like, wow. Well, yeah. Right? Let's, let's, it's, like, mentally, it's, like, oh, let's sit down and talk about your physical appearance while we're staring at you right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
in person, I'm not like, I think I have a blemish on the left side of my ear or like <laughs> something ridiculous. But when you stare at yourself enough in the camera, you're like, man, I look bad. <laughs> like, and I mean, to be fair, cameras don't do justice to a lot of people. Yeah. Sometimes, it, for some people, it works in their favor. Oh, I will some people that. are just naturally like, yeah, they show really up on varies. camera and they're great. They show up in person and they're great. They roll out of bed and they're great. And I am so, <laughs> so envious of you. <laughs> but like a lot of times you're getting more self-conscious than you would in person. Yeah. Like, I'm very self-conscious all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, anxiety does that to a person. Being a woman does that to a person. Just yeah. being a person makes you a little bit more aware of yourself. But, like, when I'm doing things or, like, out having fun or, like, talking with my friends, I am in a safe space and I'm not thinking about that. Or, like, yeah. I get distracted easily and I'm like, oh, I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about, I think I have a blemish here. <laughs> or, oh, my gosh, I can't believe my pores look this big. Like, ridiculous things. But when you have your camera right there every time, like, I'm not even talking, and I have my face right there, and I'm just staring at it. And I'm like, I look weird. Or, like, I look odd. I need to turn a little bit. Or I'm like, oh, my gosh, is that a pimple? Like, in person, I wouldn't care. Or, like, it wouldn't bother me as much. But on Zoom, I'm seeing it constantly. Yeah. So it makes it way harder to ignore. Or even just, like, not just physical appearance. Like, okay, I'm, like, I'm in second-year Chinese. Mm -hmm. And just, like, no, there's usually... My Chinese classes last year was always, like, five people because I I only had to take the 8 a.m. class. Mm -hmm. Like, that was my only option. And, like, okay, 8... 8 a.m., five-people class, there's only so many people that, like, the professor can call on, so you're going to be mm-hmm. called on a lot, yeah. and you know this going into the class. I mean, I end up in a class that's more around the size of our, that our Korean 200 classes were uh-huh. like. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's like, you, you can get away without, like, being called on. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and especially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially, like, over Zoom, like, right? It'll be like, mm-hmm. oh, like, who wants to answer this question? And it's like, you know, sometimes the professor can see you when you raise your hand, and there's always going to be that one really... Exactly. Eager student who wants to answer every single question. And it's just like, even in that aspect, it's like, oh, God, I'm so, like, the anxiety. I know. I guess I'm, like, speaking to the positive side, then, of, like, being on Zoom. One thing I've noticed for myself, but I think for other people as well, is, like, how positive, like, the Zoom chat feature has been. Yeah, I think that is, like, I know when we give our DF workshops, like, if we just tell people, like, just speak out loud, like, we will have so much silence. But as soon as we say, like, okay, if you're not comfortable speaking out loud, like, you can type in the chat or send something to us individually. Like, that really opens up discussion in a lot of different ways. So I guess, speaking of positive, because you asked for something positive earlier, and I couldn't think of anything. I was like, okay, that's been a positive thing, like, giving people alternative options to participate. Yeah, and yeah. I definitely see that work like in uh, Ling 205, both times I teed for it, mm. there's the discussion for the people who want to be speak, like speaking or comfortable speaking and there's a discussion in the chat and they're yeah. very, both are very interesting discussions talking about the same thing but they're both going in very different directions because right. it's, yeah. it's a different audience, really. Yeah, I think it's much more easier to ask questions over Zoom chat. Like what mm. I've noticed in a lot of my STEM classes is that like people are much more willing to like type in a question and then either like a TAPO or like a professor will answer. Whereas when it's like in person, like people like are much more hesitant to sort of like disrupt the entire flow yeah, of the class right. and be like the singular point of attention. Whereas for like Zoom, it sort of allows like things to like keep on going on while you can ask your question. And also I think it's like 
for in person, there's like a fear. I think whenever you ask questions, it's fear like, oh man, I'm not gonna sound stupid that for not understanding Absolutely. this. But like, you know, if it's just a name on a screen, it's like, well, they don't have to know my. They may know my face, but they don't have to know like what my voice sounds like. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you're in person. It's like, wow, it's everyone's attention. Like he said, is direct to that person. Like your yeah. your face and your voice. It's like it's all yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So, chatty Cathy's. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are nearing the end of our podcast. Uh, I have a couple of questions left for you guys. Uh, penultimate question. So, now that we have discussed self-esteem and self-compassion at length, um, with varying degrees of relevance, <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do to try to increase like your self-compassion? Me, personally, I'm definitely... It's something I've actively been working on for a very long time, mm. and it's been a very slow process mm-hmm. with a lot of step like steps back and a lot of things that like the pandemic and things like that that have interrupted my attention on bettering myself (laughs) and stuff like that but I definitely think personally something I'm trying to do is each time that I recognize that I am negative self-talking is I try to think I'm like listen I need to talk to a friend or I need to Mm -hmm. talk to like my mom or somebody who cares about me because I obviously I'm not treating myself with the care that I treat people I care about with so if I am unable if you're at a stage where you're unable to do that to yourself and positively look at yourself then I'd recommend asking people that do care about you and that do look at you with positives and like ask them Mm -hmm. for their opinion and they'll often be like no you're good like we love you like we care about you why are you worried about this Mm -hmm. and or like no, this is definitely not an issue, or don't treat yourself like that. Like, I think you're amazing, or I think this is only one thing. It's a setback, that type of right, thing. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. think it's valuable to use your resources. If you can't do it yourself, you have people around you, hopefully, that care about you genuinely and will mm-hmm. help you through that. Yeah, I think Minhee was the one who talked about this earlier, but, like, in order to be more, like, empathetic with myself, I first have to, like kind of take a step back from my emotions Mm -hmm. to do that first it's too easy for me to be like oh I don't deserve to talk to myself this way or I don't deserve like this or that or like this situation says this or that about me and so one thing that's been really helpful for me is to take a step back and like really challenge those and like this is also something I learned in therapy like challenging those cognitive Mm -hmm. distortions like why do you feel like what evidence something that she would always tell me in therapy is like okay you said that you feel like you just something you talk you don't deserve good things what evidence do you have to support that and then I'm there just like well I don't know like now that you say it like that like I just feel like it and and it's like valid like some Mm -hmm. people feel these things so deeply and so being able to take a step back for that and think about like okay like when you put it that way like really what evidence do I have or like Mm -hmm. when it comes like a test for example like what evidence do I have that says that I'm a failure I have like a 3.9 GPA like I'm doing all my classes like what about this says that I'm a failure and so really like challenging like those like emotions Mm -hmm. like it's so hard because you do feel them so deeply but like being able to take a step back from that and realize okay I I think I do deserve this or I I do think that I'm I may be like buying into my emotions a little bit too Mm -hmm. much in a way that's unfair yeah yeah I think similarly I would you know more so like now like start applying like the rule that like sort of like treating yourself how you treat a friend Mm -hmm. you know like being able to sort of like extend that like empathy and understanding that like it's not the end of the world and you know similar to what um was just said that like sort of like being able to separate like the situation from your emotions I think would be very helpful moving on 
Faith, you actually said this to me. Your mom said this to you, and then you said it to me. And like, yeah. I always remember this. But like, Faith's mom told her one time, like, you know, Faith, you're a really good friend to other people, but like, you're not a good friend mm-hmm. to myself. And I feel like that's always stuck with me, and something that I try to think about. Like, okay, is this the kind of friend that I would be to someone else? No. Then why am I being like this to myself? Yeah. yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. <laughs> okay. So the time is. The time has come to say goodbye, but before we do, there's one last question. What's good? What's good? Is that <laughs> the question? Good? That's the question. What's good? <laughs> just to, sh- to spread just like good vibes. What's good? Could be... What's good? Like, We're back in person. Yeah. Like, I miss seeing all of your faces. Yes. Oh that's God, been back really after really eons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's been really, really good for yeah. me, genuinely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just really refreshing to sort of, like, have interactions with, like, you know, the people you, like, you used to talk to a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, before, some people were, like, remote. And in general, yeah. like, it was hard to, like, find, a, like, a meeting place because, COVID. you know, COVID. Yeah. So I think it's just it's been nice seeing people again. That's definitely the biggest thing for me is being back and, like, rem- reminding myself why I love this school so much because yeah. of the people and, like, the friends I've yeah. made here mm-hmm. and getting to, like, get back with you guys. Like, I haven't seen you guys all in the same room in forever. We talked about that in the beginning and, like, it's pretty amazing that we can finally do that again. Yeah. 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 I also think seeing how people have grown, like, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's just me, but I mean, I know I feel like I did had a lot of self growth over the pandemic in addition to just like some bad stuff. <laughs> yeah. like, I do feel like I had some self growth come out of it. And like, I've seen that in some other people and like seeing how they've grown. It's like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so happy for you. Like, look at this like development that you've been able to find like during this period of time. Yeah. I want to I will say my what's good is definitely, like, so we all had lunch together before mm-hmm. recording. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Very just, like, good vibes. Like I was, was going to say the food. Are you going to say the food? It was so good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, food, food was pretty good. But just, like, I don't know, just, like, the atmosphere. I like, got the table. Like, mm-hmm. Faith was, like, telling a story. And I, like, actually like, almost, like, started choking. <laughs> I started laughing. Absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. Some tea. Tea was spilled. But, you know, Minhi, Katima, Faith, it, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. It's been so nice talking to all three of you in the same room, breathing <laughs> the same air. Yes. <laughs> this has been episode three of Picking Up Good Vibes, the podcast. You can find other episodes on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Join me next week where we will be talking happiness. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for